All right, we are back. Welcome to another episode of Lost in the Sauce. Uh, this is the casting couch edition <laughs> of Lost in the Sauce. I actually have another human being that's agreed to participate in whatever this weird endeavor is with me. Um, this is my my friend and coworker Thad. Um, Thad is a um, obviously he's a coworker of mine. He's a fellow creative. Um, he's somebody that. Um, I'm going to get a little mushy here for a second. Yeah. Uh, it was basically love at first sight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we met on a warm late summer day. Yeah. Uh, the sun was glistening off of his hair. Yeah. And he's a beautiful man. Mm-hmm. And we immediately became friends. Um, all joking aside, we did form a pretty fast friendship. What was the moment where you thought, like, what, what clicked? When was the moment? Because it wasn't when I first met you. Yeah, it takes me a minute to grow on people because... Um, I think when we were at that Chinese restaurant and the music was playing... Can you say that? Is that a racially when we sensitive were at, term? When we were at the... Uh, <laughs> you got nothing. I don't think, uh, the Oriental <laughs> restaurant. Oof, it's getting bad. Um, we were at a restaurant. The restaurant served a non-typical, non-American mm-hmm. fare. Um, yeah, I think that was probably around the time that we discovered that... A lot of the times when we were talking, the two of us were laughing, even if yeah. no one else was laughing. Um, so there's a well, because it usually had like some sort of wiener joke. Yeah, lots of wiener jokes. Yeah, lots of. I base um, all my friendships on how many wiener jokes. It's are true. Exchanged. It's true. I notice that we clear rooms a lot. Uh, like With when we're jokes. when we're both in the office, it usually just winds up being the two of us. Everyone else leaves the just office. Just the way we like it. Just the way we like it. Just the two of us. <clears throat> I believe there's a thong. Was a there thong? A, a thong song? <laughs> I think there was a song about that. I think it was by Mac Miller or something yeah. like that, just the two of us. Um, no, but uh, Thad's definitely uh, a kindred spirit. Um, it's definitely been really cool getting to work with him and getting to know him. Um, his music, despite the fact that I always give him a hard time about it, he's actually his music's really good. So I'm going to stop talking for a second. If you guys know anything about this podcast, you're definitely going to hear me talk. But um, I'm going to kind of lead the conversation. I'm going to let you guys get to know him. We're going to riff back and forth a little bit, but right now I'm going to turn it over. I'm going to let him talk about his music some and kind of his creative process. He just dropped a new album, which I'm sure he's going to tell you about, and um, I'd like for him to talk about that, so I'm going to turn it over to Thad. Mm. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Is that all you got? <laughs> next, next. Next question. Next question. Thad's happy to be here. Um, I'm realizing I'm going to have to carry the whole conversation. No, no. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, I've listened to all your episodes and I've loved it. Like you said, like you and I clicked on some sort of weird level and I thought, uh, how can I dick my way into getting on your podcast? So welcome to the casting couch. Here we are. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. A new album dropped Friday last. Yeah. A couple days ago. It's doing okay. well. What's the name of it? The name is RX. RX. O-U-R-X. Okay. O-U. Yeah. yeah so like a, R and RX R, yeah, combined. RX, yeah. Mashup. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a rap term. It's a rap term. Mashup. You'll get it sooner Remix. Or later. Yeah. No, the uh, the whole idea of the play on words there was like to take, um, I guess it's synonym. What's the... You said vernacular today. I, so I blew like my a, vocabulary. You're like, a vocab, you're like I, a thesaurus. I peaked vocabulary-wise at about 2 o'clock this afternoon. You guys didn't get to hear it, but I you said the word seamlessly vernacular. used the word vernacular yeah. in the correct context and in then, a meeting with my boss. Yeah. And then I think I 
Got a raise. I, yeah, I think he gave me a raise. From- I got a nosebleed. I'm pretty sure I went unconscious. You started speaking in a yeah. different language. And I can't find my pants. So I was going to bring that up. I don't know do if you I... <laughs> do all these podcasts at your pants? Yeah, well, yeah, so Thad got a little freaked out, but part of my creative <laughs> process is um, I'm not wearing pants because... When I talk, it's I breathe your comfort through, zone. It's I your breathe, safe space. I breathe through my mouth. It's I'm what's called classically. It's a medical term. It's a mouth breather. Uh-huh. Um, it also means that my IQ is low. Yeah, and I tend to try to. Um, I totally you lost, lost it because I'm not breathing through my mouth. It like makes me lose my train of thought. I don't, so no, I read an article uh-huh. in Better Homes and Gardens. You that, can't read. Well, there was pictures. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're we're splitting hairs here. I looked at the pictures in a Better Homes and Garden magazine, and this dude didn't have his pants on. And I yeah. was like, you know. In, in what magazine? It was Better Homes and Gardens. There were some weird pictures in it, though. We're just going to go with Did, Better. It was Better I, Homes and Gardens. I'm not going to answer that Are you that sure your again. dad didn't just put the, the cover of Better Homes and Gardens on top of a different magazine? Um, my father is not here to defend his honor. <laughs> so we're going to go with the fact that it was Better Homes and Gardens. Um, we're never going to get through this. No, we're, but it's great. The people love it. Um, and so your skin, you can actually breathe through your skin. I surmise from the pictures in this article. Like a salamander. So because I can't breathe through my mouth and talk at the same time, and my nasals are basically non-functioning because I'm a troglodyte. So you just pop those um, knickers off. I pull my pants off and I breathe through my legs. And my butt. That's what that heat is. That's what that heat is. Okay. It's not your fire mixtape. I feel it under the table. It's my pantsless body. <laughs> so. I don't remember what we were There's going to be a lot of interludes. And luckily, I'm a highly focused laser beam individual. Yeah. We're going to get back to Thad's album right now. It's called, our, it's called our, uh, RX. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the mashup of the word hour and the yeah. RX. Um, what would that be? Uh it symbolizes prescription, RX. There's a word for it, but like I said. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the... Breathing through my I mouth didn't do, over here. Me too. I didn't do all the research into naming the album. I so, just, um, to get us on track and to jog your memory, yeah. you were telling me earlier that kind of what the <clears throat> name itself meant to you was that um, people... So, like, prescription obviously means medication. That can yeah. mean a lot of different things. It can mean, um, you know, opiates yep. or all kinds of different stuff or, you know... Um, allergy medication. Um, there's lots of different kinds of medication. There's lots of different kinds of people. And I think you were talking earlier about how positives can turn to negatives very quickly yeah. on both of these slippery slopes, whether it be human interaction or prescriptions. Yeah, so I'll go back even further. So um, Valid Point consists of... <coughs> That's the name of the group. It's the name of the group. Yeah, okay. it's, it consists of me. Uh, my brother does a lot of the writing as well as like the visual stuff. Okay. Uh, he also does a lot of the managing aspect of it because okay. we've done projects before and we've like handled everything. We still are, mm-hmm. but I don't like doing like I'm really bad about social media. I'm bad about like reaching out to management or like the back end of the business end of music sucks. That shit sucks. The business end of anything sucks. Uh, yes. I want to stand down there in the kitchen and make sandwiches, and everybody else has to do all the other work. Well, that's another thing I want to talk. Do you know what you're doing? No. In the kitchen. That is also the first person that realized that I bullshitted my way into this job <laughs> and that I'm literally getting everything off Pinterest. It it's, tastes great. It tastes great. Yeah. Rachel um, Ray knows what she's doing. It's because I put um, French onion soup mix in mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. That's what Rachel Ray does. That's why your breath smells like that. Yeah. Okay. You know, once a week, whether I need to or not, I brush my teeth. 
That's good. And I let everything else. Nature takes its course. Because I was thinking, like, caveman didn't brush their teeth, right? Uh, I don't know, because I wasn't there. And I don't judge. Shit, so I don't, yeah. Okay. I just see everything as one. Everything's the same. That's deep. <laughs> is there a song about that on your album? Yeah. That's so. all it is. The whole album is nothing unless you play it backwards. Ooh, backmasking. Yeah. I went to a church class on backmasking when I was a young, a wee lad. There's so many aspects of that one sentence that I don't believe at all. <laughs> all true, 100% true. I, we're, we're, you, you're going to have to like take notes of where we left off when we go down these little rabbit trail. I don't remember no, what I got we were it. saying. I got it. RX, we're, we're still a talking, valid point. Yeah, valid My brother point. handles the business end of thing. Mm-hmm. You just babble incoherently. Yeah. Nailed and then it. so, yeah. So then my buddy, uh, Colby, he handles a lot of like the piano. Like I've found out through music, like, well, maybe through life, really. If you collaborate and do stuff like this sure. and you network, that's where you stop working as hard. Like when you put everything on your own shoulders. Two you, heads are better than one. Yeah, you can yeah. only go so far. So like that was with this project, with the Valid Point project, we set out to do like, okay, I'm going to handle the music. My brother Jonah, you're going to handle the business and the visuals. You want to write, cool, whatever. Uh, and then my other brother, my brother, brother <laughs> my buddy Colby, he handles like – He'll do, like, some guitar. He'll, like, send me whatever. Yeah. Piano. He does a lot of cool stuff. He just sends me the music. I chop it up, do whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's where that landed. Um, okay. We We came out of – my brother was going through my computer one day, and he mm. was like, Oof. yeah. <laughs> he got through all the – all the junk in there. <laughs> I, I don't know how far I can go. All the articles. He went through all the <laughs> – research i was doing okay and he found my music okay um because like i said we've done projects before and like we were just kind of like dabbling trying to figure out like Mm -hmm. is this how you know you mix or is this how you make a beat or is this how does this sound good and we put stuff out it was whatever we kind of didn't take it seriously and he found this other material that didn't see the light of day and he was like dude we got to do something so boom valid point you handle this i handle that let's go uh fast forward we put out a project in i think it came out like november december last year mm-hmm. um a lot changed at that point in both of our lives my brother broke his leg in uh Jan- i think it was february okay uh shattered his femur a tree came down like a branch came down and, like it was bad damn yeah so uh he now he was introduced to the pharmaceuticals. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and so I was always very open prior to because I've had like I, I mean, dude, one time I had like a a, a UTI. <laughs> okay. How'd you get that, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> you really are a rap star. Like I said, I was doing a lot of research on my computer. Research on your computer. <laughs> yeah, dude, and so Call like the virus. Yeah, <laughs> the tornado. <laughs> No, that's when I was introduced like to Percocets and gotcha. It's just been like I've found that like I'm a, it's a slippery like I have an addictive personality, right? Sure. Or, like I love like I drink too much. Yeah. I'll admit that pills. Like I've I walked down that path, and it wasn't so much like I need more pills. Yeah, it was more so like me taking it and being like, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. this is like. This is why people throw their lives away. <laughs> yeah. Preaching to the choir. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, you don't think that you're that person. That's the crazy part about no, it. It never, With, it never starts out like that. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, you, I'm sure you could interview a bunch of people in jail and be like, how did you get here? And like, yeah. I never thought I'd be the one, yeah. you know? But it's that's how it starts is, like, 
you get introduced to it and you're like, I got a handle on this. Yeah. And then it becomes, so I was open to it. And then yeah. he, no one really, he, my brother didn't really get it until he breaks his leg. I remember getting a call from him and he was like, dude, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and he went, he had a, I mean, he didn't have a UTI. He had like a, a broken, strongest broken bone in his body. Yeah. Like a so, real problem. So it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like popping Tylenol PMs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was. He had the Percocets, the morphine, fet, uh, fentanyl, ketamine, yeah. like the dark, dark stuff. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a lot of dark stuff that comes with that. Yeah. Um, but so we started writing music, and we really weeded out a lot of like, let's just make this a short album, short songs, just right. super like surface level playable. Less is more. Less thing. is more. Yeah. Um, just bangers like. I want people to hear it and be like, dude, I want to roll my windows down and listen mm. to this or show my friends or work out or whatever. But then like beneath it, there's this like, not necessarily an undertone because I'm not trying to preach to people. Yeah, But no, no. there's this openness is the whole thing with me and my brother. We just wanted to be open about like, you know. There's content. There's content, man. Like yeah. the pharmaceuticals and the idea was like to, to compare it with like relationships where sure. whether it's family or an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever you're into, yeah. DT, uh, your dog or whatever. It's about, okay, at one point you were here to help me. Right. Family, parents, brother, girlfriend, wife, whatever, husband. But now you're detrimental to me. Yeah. Like, I, I would walk down a dark path and right. it took a lot of people to cast me out. But sure. it took like two or three people to throw their arm around me and be like, dude, are you good? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so that was sort of like... The sort of the pharmaceutical comparison there is kind of the same thing where like a doctor's like, hey man, you're hurting. Yeah. Here's, you know, Percocets and opioids and da 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 da. Yeah. And it helps you get through the pain until you realize this is actually pretty it's the source of the pain. Detrimental. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, dude. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in a verse, man. Uh, no, that's actually uh, earlier when you were talking about that, that's a fascinating point. Because I was telling somebody, I was having a conversation the other day um, because like through this podcast and through like connections with people, um, you know, I appreciate your openness and I'm always pretty open about my shit because yeah. um, we talked about it a minute ago. You know, if nothing ever comes from this, but, you know, me putting a little too much information out of there and having a little bit of fun, if somewhere out there in the abyss that is the internet and mm -hmm. people listening to podcasts, if one person feels a little bit better about their life or feels like some relatability or something like that and yeah. it gets them to a different place somewhere towards where they want to go, it's totally worth it for me. Um, and through that openness, and I think people kind of get that vibe from me on a lot of, <clears throat> on some levels. Um, I'm really guarded about some stuff and I'm really open about a lot of stuff too. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day and it was just kind of this funny analogy. And if you listen to my life story, I'm going to preface what I'm saying by like, this is not woe is me. I'm not salty. I'm not mad. If anything, I'm grateful for every part of my journey and all the lessons that are along the way. But I was telling this person, like you're talking about the people that whether they cast you out or whether they just realize that like you're going in a direction that I'm not, you know, life naturally yeah. takes people in and out of our lives or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I was relaying the story to this person and it's a lot of like where my freedom comes from and, you know, some of my attitudes about certain things. Like I still have the phone number that's to this phone that we're recording this podcast on right now is the same phone number I had when I went to rehab. 
Sure. My phone number has never changed. Yeah. I've never been out of touch or anything like that. And I was listening. What kind of prompted this train of thought is I was watching this documentary and this guy was talking about going to jail. And um, he was like, it was kind of like a, um, a mafioso type documentary. And he was saying, you first go to jail and people are hitting you up. And they're calling you and they're talking to you. And he's like, people outside of jail. People outside of jail. Yeah. And then he's like, your circle just shrinks yeah. and it shrinks and it shrinks. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you get out and those are your people. And that was my experience in rehab. And it's, and it literally is no hard feelings. Like, cause I get it, man. Everybody's got their own life to live. And I was definitely a toxic force in my own life and in a lot of people's lives. But it's like you get down there and, and like literally you guys have walked around Memphis with me. I know a lot of people like I've lived my whole life in the city. Yeah. Um, I fashion myself as like the underground king of this town. But like that's what you think about yourself. Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of megalomania going on <laughs> in my head. Um, but it's kind of funny. You know, you land in rehab and nobody calls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like literally you're hanging out with all these people and it's like that whole like thing in your 20s. Like, man, I'm going to be friends with these folks the rest of my life. Yeah. And and nobody calls. It's you know the same I mean? thing in like high school when everyone's yeah. like they write in your yearbook like let's keep in touch. And yeah, then it's yeah, like, yeah, where'd you go, man? Where'd you go, man? And it's it's like I said, it's no hard feelings. And honestly, you know, you're talking about the album, talking about earlier that whole less is more thing. Yeah, that was a critical time in my life because when I emerged from that situation and while I was on my way through that situation, you kind of look around and you know people do add to your life and people will come into your life. Case in point. But, like, um, I kind of got into that situation. I was like, okay, like, this is my team. These yeah. are the people that I can actually turn to. These are the people that actually want to root for me. You know, mm-hmm. like, I was joking around and, like, <clears throat> sending that riffraff thing the other day, which I just want to ask you a question. Riffraff is not in your group, right? He's my dad. Okay. Fuck yes. <laughs> I'm tearing up right now yeah. in the midst of this podcast. But um, it's, it's really that thing. And, you know, of course, riffraff says it in the riffraff way. But it's like, if you're not rooting for me, see ya. then see you, man. Like, yeah. and you know what? There, I don't want you here, and there's no need for you to be here because it's all right. You know, like, do your thing. I'll do mine. No, and looking back, for me, I'm sure it's probably similar for you. There's, It's sort of a beauty to see not only what you got through to get where you're at now, but sort of to look at it like I kind of needed that. Oh, for sure. You know, like I needed to hit the bottom, whether it was like for me it was like just making a bunch of stupid decisions and drinking a lot, driving or getting arrested. And like there was a lot that went into me hitting the bottom. And there's a weird, like, I don't know how deep you planned on going on this podcast. We're going there. We're going there. There's a weird, like, there's a weird, yeah. And mine are too. (laughs) (laughs) There's a weird, like safety net that you get that you keep finding. Yeah. Where, whether you believe in God or not, I don't know where you stand on that, it doesn't matter, but for me, it was like God being like, this can be your new bottom, but you tell me, man. Yeah. We can go further. You done yet? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want to keep testing it? We can keep testing it. We can go, and, it, and I tested for a while. Sure. I tested for a while. Yeah. Until you finally say to your, I mean, you have to do it yourself. Yeah. Like say, hey, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm done doing this. I cannot keep doing this. Yeah. I mean, you can. Yeah. You'll end up dead, yeah. most likely. Yeah. Um, no. But, it's, but it's, yeah, it's, like, I look back at it, and it's like, if I didn't go down that road, I don't know where I'd be. I probably wouldn't be here. Sure. I don't know if I'd be making the music I'm making and yeah. it's starting to finally do well. I, I don't know that that would happen. I don't know that I'd meet you and click on a level that, you know, we do. I don't know that... 
I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. It's just crazy to look at like how much progress you get out of being pretty unprogress unprogressive. Uh, Not I don't progressive. Think that's a word. Um, regressive might be the word. No, that's definitely not. Definitely it's not, not the word. vernacular. Um, no, I, I totally understand what you're saying, and it's um, I can definitely relate to. It's this really weird, eerie freedom when you look around and there's nothing else left to lose. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's like oh fuck it, then like I can basically. Where, you yeah. can. It's like, do I have nowhere to go, or can I go wherever I want? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's really one of those pick your destiny no- moments. Because whether, like you said, whether it's God or whether it's the universe or whether it's whatever you believe in, it's allowed everything to be stripped away yeah. to get you down to that moment where it's like, this is me, this is who I am, yeah. but I don't have to stay here if I don't want to stay here. Yeah. And to me, that's the funny thing. That's what I dig about the album. That's what I dig about the concept of the album. Have you listened to it? I have. I'll put you on blast. Um, no, I haven't listened to it. What? A DT? I totally what does have that listened stand to it. for? Um, stands for a lot of things it's situational <laughs> meaning um i have listened to it i can honestly say the day it came out i listened to it i've listened to it at the gym um i'm definitely um when it comes to like music that i like or music that i regularly I listen don't to like it per which se <laughs> doesn't apply to this because <laughs> i was just really sad that it didn't sound like mac miller and so yeah. then I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just listen to Mac Miller. Right. I mean, That's, and that was the other point. When listen, you play it backwards. It's Mac Miller? It says, go listen to Mac Miller. Oh. Yeah, and better music. Can you make it to where it's, it's like, go just listen. Mac Miller? Um, yeah, if you type in Mac Miller on Spotify, that's like, it'll take you there. But do you get any money if I do that? I have Can been I just siphoning give you money. $5 and listen to Mac Miller? Yeah. Perfect. Um. No, but like with, especially I find with like a lot of albums that do have a concept and there is like a, a total creative vision, you kind of have to listen to it a few times and immerse yourself fully in it and kind of let the tone of the album take or like take on the tone of the album. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if I'm being 100% honest, because I'm never going to lie to you, I haven't done it. That's a lie, That's done, a lie right I'm there. Right now. <laughs> um, I haven't done it. I'll never lie to you about anything real. I might lie to you about things like there's someone here to see you or there's right. free pizza in the lobby which pisses me off it gets me every time i didn't take your wallet right um, but you know i'm not gonna I, lie to you about anything i'm real. not your dad i'm not your i'm not your dad <laughs> i don't you know you look I, to me as a i father haven't seen figure. a blood test you look to me as a father figure and i appreciate that but yeah. i'm not your father we'll get to that we'll get your mom in here and we'll <laughs> we'll sort all this out <laughs> i'm gonna back away from that one <laughs> sorry sorry dad's mom if you're listening um <laughs> No, but um, so I haven't really immersed myself in the album enough to fully grasp everything that you're talking about. Well, and that's I, that's another thing is like I'm, I'm not trying to get anybody or like yeah. <clears throat> real people in, suck people in. At surface level, dude, I just want it to be good music. I mean, it's cool. The beats are great. I mean, like, let's be honest. And to me, the first time you listen to any kind of like rapper hip hop album, yeah, you're just vibing. You're listening to the beats, man. Yeah. And then you realize, like, holy shit, this dude's like saying words. Yeah. And it depends. Sometimes they're not even saying words. Um, where you at? Walk flock flame. But um, hey, where is he? Uh, not Walk. doing a podcast with me. Damn right. You are though. Write that down. Uh, write that down. Um, so, but to me, that's kind of the cool thing. It's kind of that that many layered existence. You know what I mean? Like. There's the initial, which is just like you're bobbing your head. The music's cool. You like it. 
then you listen to it a few times yeah. and you can kind of sift through that and you're like, oh, wow, there's like a real message here or whatever, which is cool. You know, I think it's yeah. um, respect for taking the time to do it like that. Yeah, I was telling somebody the other day because they were like struggling with um, listening to it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah I mean, my yeah, my family sometimes is like pretty unreceptive of it because they're sure. like, you know, it, the typical like, do you have a problem or da 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 da? And I'm like, dude, first of all, for three minutes, two to three minutes at a time, <laughs> I just want people to feel good. So you telling me your dad doesn't want you to be a rapper? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's shocking. Because my parents encouraged me to always try to be a rapper. And here we They're are. They're super disappointed that I'm just a chef. Your parents are super disappointed for many reasons. That's very true. Yeah. I can't even deny it. I know you can't. But no, that's I had to tell them, like, dude, it's not about, like, the, my, for music for me, and maybe this is cooking for you, like, it's a part of me. That's, yeah, like, yeah. how I be, express myself, and, like, I'm not super great at it in general, or having feelings in life. I don't Cooking or music? Or expressing expressing yourself. myself or oh, having okay. caring caring about anything, but it's like the music is like the one thing I care about. Andrew smiles, of course. Wow. TT, yeah, it's just what drew me in. It's that weird. was the moment it clicked when I smiled. Yeah, shit's good. Yeah, I oh yeah, matter. that Uncle Cracker song started playing. <laughs> <laughs> it was Papa Roach, man. Nuh-uh. Yeah, it was it's Papa Roach. Papa Roach and Uncle Cracker are the same person, right? Well, yeah. I just didn't know. I didn't know. We're yeah. solving a lot of mysteries yeah. today. Um. No, I totally get that. And I do – I definitely agree with you on that level because I've told people a lot, um, you know, I love what I do. There's nothing else in the world that I want to do. But it's not the easiest life all the time. Sure. Um, clearly, you've been literally working here while we've opened this restaurant and done all this stuff. And you've been – same type of hours, you know what I mean? Um, Thad's the um, the rooms director of the hotel. I'm the man. So he's very gracious because I'm pretty sure he's my boss, but he never tells me what to do. Well, and behind closed doors. Behind, well, yeah, in public he never tells me what to do. But the thing that I respect about him and his job is he doesn't just manage one room. I manage. He manages all the rooms. So imagine one room. Okay. How big is it? Doesn't matter. Doesn't Pick matter. Pick a size. Because you're a manager. Big, small, medium. Okay. There's three sizes of rooms. Okay. And a lot of people will tell you otherwise. Okay. Just three. Three. Cut, to the, cut the bullshit, man. Yeah. There's only three sizes. Yes. This isn't fucking Starbucks, man. Correct. Thank you. Yep. I've been saying that for years. Okay. Since Starbucks came out. This isn't Starbucks, okay? <laughs> imagine one room. Okay. Try, if you can, to imagine more than one room. <sighs> I got it. It's like a house. I got it. You got it? Managed. Same time? Managed. Do you have to be in a room to manage a room? No. Okay. I'm managing so many rooms right now in this room. Wow. Yeah. Name a room. Name a name any room. Um The Rumba Room. I can manage it. Boom. Name another one. Without folks, Name another one. Folks, I don't know if you heard that, but that was without hesitation. I did not hesitate. I did can not hesitate. It. Um the FedEx form. Now that classifies as a big room. It's a big room. Some would say stadium. Mm-hmm. They don't know. It's just a big room. I can manage it. They're all just big rooms. Yeah. Outside's a big room. So what makes a room a room? Is it a roof? Again, man, it's, or is it it's the walls? 2019, man. 2019. I don't judge rooms. Whatever it identifies as. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Don't remember what we were talking about again. There's a room for every room in 2019. Let's wrap it what up. What happens right there. in rooms stays, stays in rooms. Stays in rooms. In Thad's rooms. 
Because why? Because I they're well I managed. Manage them all. Because they're well managed. Yeah. Um, rooms director of the hotel. Um, man, I don't remember what we were talking about. So um, we're going to transition into this. Okay. Because it's not worth going back down no. the rabbit hole. Um, we were talking the other day when the unfortunate passing of Juice World happened. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of what you're talking about in your album, a lot of what I've talked about in this podcast, I feel like it's kind of the stigma on a lot of levels of the music industry. Mm-hmm. And I thought you had some good insights the other day when you were talking about um, kind of some things you feel that perpetuate that. And I'm interested in hearing more about that. Kind of things that perpetuate? The stigma. The stigma of drug use yeah. and the cycle of getting trapped in that use. Well, what sucks about... I, I've I always loved Juice World. I know a lot of people are probably saying that now, but I really hopped on early. <clears throat> the kid was young; he was twenty one when he went down. And it's what bothers me is he was very open yeah. in his music, um, as well as like interviews. He I've seen multiple interviews where he's yeah. like, "I just can't put it down. Like I want to quit. Yeah. I want to quit drinking codeine. I want to stop doing Percocets, but I can't. Yeah. Like I keep, I I can't. I get sick or." I think when you're at that level of success where everything's kind of put in your hands too. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's tough. Like I said, I don't know if I said it on here, but I've told you before, like if there was, if there was Percocets or pills on this table, I mean, yeah. I would do it right yeah. here. And if Xanax, I'd do it. Well, it's funny. Like people say that and they say it to me and they feel weird about it, but it's like, um, 90, 95% of my success rate in being clean and sober for 12 years not being around it. is not being around fucking drugs, man. Yeah. Because like probably my biggest area of expertise in this life so far um aside from cooking and running my fucking mouth Mm -hmm. is doing drugs man and it's it's a weird thing um i think you can identify it when i say it but it's like man i was born to do that shit on some levels and i think certain people whether you call it an addictive personality or white trash or white trash is what we are mouth breathers (laughs) um you're kind of predispositioned to do it and you're predispositioned to abuse it you know what i mean yeah that um yeah, and that's kind of what we talked about before we started recording everything was uh, – that's sort of where I wanted to take the album to is like addressing like the openness. Everyone's so afraid of the openness when you're not the one being open, which usually sure. means that they're hiding something as right. well. But what really frustrated me with Juice World is that, like I said – it took a hundred people to cast me out, but it took two or three or four people to throw their arm around me and just a dude come play Madden at my yeah. empty house yeah. while I was drinking myself into oblivion or like just a phone call, like calling me, what's up dumbass? You know, like yeah. just simple, like still treating me like a human, not like a human who has a drinking problem yeah, yeah. or a human who has a DUI yeah. or a human with some sort of a label. Yeah. And that's what, that's what, I wanted to take into the album. I wanted to address it and be point blank about it. But what frustrated me about Juice World is I don't know. I didn't know him on a personal level. That'd be cool. And that honestly, it really beat me up when he died because like I have it on a dry erase board, music goals, and he was like top. He was up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the kid lands in Chicago. I don't know all the details, but he had like 70 pounds of weed on his plane, which is, I mean, what, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a Arguably too much. Arguably. Uh, and then carry. I guess there were like cops coming to search him or something of that matter. And he just started taking a bunch of pills. Like as if it's crazy the way your brain thinks when you're in those situations, like 
I just got to get out. And that was sort of my mentality when I was taking drugs or, or, or drinking. Yeah, like, I just need to get away from being sober. Yeah. His, I don't know, I don't know his situation, but I just find it hard to believe that he's on a private jet with friends, maybe girlfriend. I don't know. Fa- I don't know if family was there. You're telling me of all those people you hung around, you didn't have anyone who could just throw their arm around you and say, like, you want to play Madden? Yeah. Not necessarily call out your flaws, but, like, yeah. just... Just don't just, do this right now. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, just come. Are you okay? Like, sometimes yeah. it's just that easy. Like, yeah. you okay? Yeah. You want to hang out later? Yeah. Grab, you know, like, just grab a beer if that's, yeah. like, too much, you know? Like, yeah. But I don't know. Like, this, he's 21 years old. You got to think, like, this kid had everything he could ever get his hands on. Sure. And he's just got people around him encouraging him, I guess. Enabling. Ena- yeah, enabling. Yeah. And it's, yeah. like, this kid's, like, in his music, like... I, I love pills. I love lean. Yeah. I laugh when they asked if my piss clean. Like, yeah. he's being open about yeah. it. Like, do you think he's joking? Yeah. When he sits in an interview and he's like, I can't stop. And then you're surrounded by all these pe- and No one was like, dude, come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what frustrates me. Yeah. I, f- I feel like from the outside looking in um, and then also having some insight because of my, my history of, of addiction, um, you lose pers- like almost the first thing you lose before you lose anything is perspective. Yeah, you lose perspective on your own issues. You you lose perspective on the world around you, and I feel like that's probably only like quantified by the fact that. So, like in my specific addiction, there wasn't a major source of a lot of good or a lot of notoriety in my life other than drugs. Right, so it's pretty easy to with the help of some people around me and with the help of, of situations negotiate that when it's time to separate from it. I couldn't imagine though, having your addiction because of your openness and having like applauded, be, be applauded and then also be part of your persona and be, be what people expect from you. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because I can definitely, I don't relate to it as much now in my life because my life is different, but I can remember back in the day when I was getting high, you listened, you know, and I'm going to date myself here, but it's like you listen to fucking Snoop Dogg, you know what I mean? And you yeah. listen to shit like that and it's like, this is my moment and it's, it's, it's stupid and cheesy to say it like this, but it's like, this is my moment, like... I'm getting fucking high. Snoop Dogg's getting high. Like we're fucking on the same level. We're doing the same thing. And so it's like in that, in your mind as a fan, you're a fan of the music, but you're a fan of the persona and you want that person to always be that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, as a, as a me, even as an addict, but the average user, you know, you're smoking like a blunt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you're eating a couple pills and this guy's flying across the country. He's got an unlimited supply. He's got unlimited funds. He's mm-hmm. got unlimited enablers. And he gets lost in this persona. And then it's like, so do you get clean and let your fan base down? And I'll tell you one thing. Like, one of the scariest things for me when I was getting clean was you feel so stripped away. Like, you're like you're talking about, like, pills and people – it's coping mechanisms, right? Yeah. Like my biggest coping coping mechanism was taken away. And on a lot of levels, I felt like my personality was taken away and you have to relearn. I had to relearn 
how to relate to people, how to be around people, mm-hmm. how to do a lot because, you know, probably part of my use had to do with anxiety and things like that in the beginning. Then it just became addiction. You're talking about after you, once you started getting clean. Um, Re- yes. Re- I'm talking about how to be. Yes. I'm talking about the transition into be being clean. Yeah. And so I couldn't imagine like standing on the edge of the decisions that I had to make. And also not knowing, like, if I sacrifice all this or if I change this about me, am I still going to be able to create music like I used to create? Right. Is my passion still going to be as well-received as it used to be received? Yeah. Like, and I think they get so intertwined that it's got to be that much harder to make that decision, to come to that reality yeah. like, that this is killing me. And then you're literally surrounded by people that are just along for the ride. Yeah. That really don't care. They mm-hmm. they want you to be Juice World every fucking day, man. Yep. Because every time I'm with Juice World, I'm getting fucked up, or we're in the fucking club, or we're going here. I get to be a part of something bigger than me. Yeah. And it takes a lot for one of those people to like raise your hand on a fucking plane when yeah. you're about to OD on pills and be like, "Hey, hey, my guy, how about you Chill. just how about you just don't do that today, man?" Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't imagine the amount like you mentioned coping with anxiety i can't imagine the amount of anxiety that a snoop dog or a yeah. juice world or have to like i i've seen the whole world's watching too yeah you know what i mean it, like yeah it's it's well and it's like we talked about earlier like you know you, you said you're the king of the town or whatever <laughs> in my own <laughs> warped warped no, mind yeah but it's like you feel you dt feels the pressure of living up to whatever I feel it reputation every, I feel it every have, day yeah. when I cook. Right. You know, and it's something that I love, but at the same time, like, there's there's people at this stage in my career that have followed me to multiple restaurants. Yeah. And it's like, you can't, I can't let them down. You yeah. know what I mean? They expect a certain thing or they expect like, you know, it's like you got to keep pulling a rabbit out of the hat and it's not that I'm doing anything. When you say hat, do you mean your your butt? Pinterest. Oh. AKA my butt. Um, no, but it's just like, there, there's, a the pressure, there's lots of different pressures in life. And I think that there's a very special kind of pressure that's associated with expectation. Yeah. And you don't know what other people's expectations truly are. Your mind just perceives what you think that they are. You know what I mean? And, and you probably heard me talk about this in the last podcast and I could probably surmise that Juice World had a lot of the same things going on or any, any struggling artist that's struggling with addiction or anything mm-hmm. like that. I feel like your mind skews the weight of expectations because your mind, when you're addicted will become protective of your strongest coping mechanism, which is use it's using right. drugs. And so I think that the fight or flight that you're talking about earlier, it probably kicks into overdrive and you're literally like everybody. I'm well, it's all, let, you know, I'm going to let everybody down too. Yeah. You know I mean, I mean? Can, like, can you imagine being 18, 17, 19 no. years old, having a couple hit song? I mean, you're, no. you're blowing, you're not even out of high school yet. Yeah. Maybe you are. I don't remember, but like you, it took me a while. I haven't <laughs> 25 graduated with yet. a bullet GED <laughs> with a bullet. Third time. It's like a phrase, not an, I don't know if bullet. I'd use bullet and school jokes and the same thing Good anymore point. with a rubber band. A hornet. It just doesn't sound, yeah, a hornet. <laughs> the dart. No, um, I can't imagine the amount of, like, living up to, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I gotta be the next, like, I gotta beat my next yeah. album sales or, or out, get more likes on my 
yeah. Instagram or whatever on my or next Or the fact thing. that it's a very realistic thing that at that stage of your life, you're possibly supporting your family, your parents, mm-hmm. a good amount of your friends. And it's like, am I going to let all these folks down too? Because you're, you're the golden goose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people expect you to perform. They expect you to put money on the table. They expect the experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? How old were you when you started dealing with like, making hit records? Yeah. Uh, I'll be 42. I'm 41 now. The hits start dropping next, next year. year. Next year, <laughs> you just pa- you piling them up. Once I learned to play this flute, it's on, man. Oh it's yeah, over you for you kill hoes. it. It's over for yeah. you, hoes. Yeah. Um, when did you start? Like, I don't know if you, if drinking was your first thing or if cigarettes uh, or drinking was my first thing, and I can remember in high school like sneaking and smoking weed and stuff like that. Um, Were you more of a smoker or a drinker? Or did it uh, Honestly, I was more of the situational use of anything that I could get my hands on. Yeah. Uh, especially when I was in high school. Um, and then into college, there was definitely a period of years that was <clears throat> uh, very heavy drinking. Um, and then once I found... I was doing a fair amount of like uppers, be it like cocaine or in alcohol college. or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing basically all the drugs in college. Yeah. Um, uh, ecstasy and things like that that went hand in hand with drinking and like staying up all night and things like that. How long does an ecstasy ecstasy high last? Uh, if memory serves, I'd say that if you didn't waste your money, if you got a pretty good roll, you're looking at like two, three, sometimes maybe four hours. Um, Do you remember anything or is it like? Yeah, you remember stuff. You don't like black out. It's, it's just like euphoria right like it's just, euphoria yeah it's like the volume you can literally like just feel your brain just like purging fucking serotonin you know what i mean it's crazy yeah you just like be sitting there like playing with someone's hair and it's like oh my god your hair is so soft it's so beautiful and we used to take those little uh god we used to take those like uh nasal inhalers a little vix yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you would like blow it. it no you would blow it onto someone else's face the so Vicks? like if I were y'all, if I oh were, the ecstasy no 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 the the like the menthol because it feels really cool when you're rolling oh, okay it's gotcha. like this it's like yeah I was a I, I'm a really did you sm- prep for that like did you go out and get the Vix roll dude uh, the Vix sti- the Vix stick yeah dude me and my friends so okay hold on had were- mouthpieces that we would have with us because you clench your jaw really hard when, when you're, you're on ecstasy yeah so we would we had fucking mouthpieces that we so what does that look like when you when you're okay so you're sober right and you're like do you right plan now, it right now I'm sober. i can't tell <laughs> i'm I, rolling super <laughs> so when you're sober do you are do you, were you like a plan like i'm gonna get high tonight or were yes. you more like it's here i'm here let's do this mm, both <laughs> well i'm so Okay, so when does the mouthpiece <laughs> you per- you purchased a mouthpiece? It was a friend of mine's idea, and he was the one who like revolutionized. Well, what about the Vicks though? You the went Vicks, out and bought actually Vicks. the first time it ever happened was a girl at a festival was blowing Vicks vapor rub on my face. That's right, love at first sight. Yeah. You know? So um, in situations like that, obviously I was not the planner. Um, if you want me to actually be honest about my use in those days, <clears throat> I guess, or my use at any point, I guess I was always somewhat of a planner because I definitely, the thing with me is like whether it was alcohol or whether it was weed or whether it was Adderall, Coke, yeah. anything I could get my hands on, 
if it changed the way that I feel, I didn't want to not be on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, how much is there? Like, dope dealers would always, like, trip out on me because they would be like, how much do you want? And I'd be like, well, how much do you have? And they're like, motherfucker, how much money do you have? Because you can't buy everything I've got. Yeah. You don't have enough money, little dude. Yeah. You know, and so, but that was all, that was kind of myself in a nutshell. Literally, how much can I get my hands on? And if you want to talk about planning, there's never a plan for tomorrow. There was never a plan for anything beyond the next few hours. Right. Damn. Um, and it was, you know, people that knew me back then, there's a lot of hilarious stories about my consumption um, that were funny in the time, and they're probably still funny now. But if you really look at it, it it's was not, sad. Because cool, it's yeah. just a kid that's chasing. I would basically do anything and everything to not feel like myself. Have you ever turned anything down? Well, obviously, you're, now, you're sober now. Yes. So it, before when before I got clean, I never refused any drug. Wow! Literally, I can remember, and it's so funny. Like, and I almost I say it as a bit of a joke right now, sometimes or whatever. But like, I mean, I can literally remember, like, a drug dealer that I have their friend that that's also a drug dealer, someone that I didn't know thirty minutes ago. Yeah, like puts a pill in my hand. And I'm literally looking at it, and it's like, what's this thing do? Or, like, how do you do it? And yeah. they're like, oh, you, you know, especially once you cross the threshold of, like, crushing things up and snorting them or crushing things up and putting them in syringes. It's like, oh, okay, bet. Like, they're not showing me anything that's written on any kind of prescription bottle. How do you cross that line with syringe? Because I, I don't like needles. I've never done anything yeah. drug-wise with needles. But how do you trust it to that point um, where you're like, I mean, what do you do? You melt it down and on, yeah. on a spoon? Like, is it that, does it go down like that? Yeah. I mean, you melt it, you cook it down on a spoon or, you know. A pill. Yeah. Like if you're going to. And that's a different high than just taking a pill. Yeah. It's much, it's stronger because wow. basically. Is it quicker? Yes. It's like quicker. it lasts less time. Um, duration. I mean, yeah, probably overall the duration is going to be quicker. Because you're not introducing things, you're introducing it directly into your bloodstream mm-hmm. as opposed to eating the pill where it's digested in your stomach and slowly releasing. You're cutting out the middleman, essentially. Yeah. You know what I mean? So whatever the milligram is that you have in your possession, instead of your stomach slowing down the process and getting it all into your blood, you're literally getting it all into your blood and into your heart and distributed into your body Jeez. in like seconds. Have you ever woken up from the day before and you're like how am i alive uh yes that's basically a five to seven year period of my life that's crazy yeah um i i think about i think in real time you don't think about thanks for burping in my face man we went to the green beetle which was delicious and we had some chicken wings and Mm -hmm. some uh, Philly cheese fries to prep for our smell, big amazing smell it right now. Yeah, and it is um, it's percolating yeah. down in my tum tum right now. Yeah. as we're doing all this talking, um, so but yeah, um, I think in real time you don't view it like that. I think it's impossible. You know, I think the human mind is it's an amazing thing. It also has the amazing ability to rationalize anything that you want to talk yourself into doing. So I think you kind of put on the back burner the fact that you're literally minute to minute, day to day, taking your life in your own hands. I mean, it's the equivalent of literally... Surviving, killing yourself. Yeah, like like Russian roulette. You know what I mean? It's just like... Because, I mean, 
and it's it's no it's not like it's any secret that's like there's not a whole lot of happy ending stories about people using needles to ensure sure. drugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so you definitely know that you've crossed the threshold for me personally. I had a roommate that was a nurse. So the first handful of times that, um, that I did anything like that, it was like assisted because I was scared too. I mean, yeah. You know, like I'm all about conquering my fears, but like, no, you know, um, you're scared of it. And then you, you know, I, I'll, I, I don't pull any punches and I'm not the guy that's like, oh, drugs are bad. They suck. Like, drugs are fucking great, man. Yeah. Like, I love them. Yeah. That's why I'm sitting in this chair doing this podcast. Um, that's why you look up at age 29 and find yourself a drug addict in rehab. Like, I love the way that they make me feel. You know what I mean? Um, and that was definitely the best high I've ever had in my life, you know? Was um, the needle. Yeah, for sure. And... And you, you were shooting Percocets? No, 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 no. I mean, when I was shooting dope, it would be morphine, Dilaudid. Um, we would shoot Oxycontin, Jeez. stuff like that. You don't like with... I don't want to get too much into, like, the nuts and bolts because I feel like it's, like... Probably some kids, like, yeah, got a I don't notepad wanna, out. Like, I don't okay. want to be... But, like, if you're going to cook things down, those aren't the ones you want to do it. Right. Because there's, like, acetaminophen and shit like that. You know what I mean? You can do, like, an extraction. Anyway, so, like... Um, so you're a scientist. I was definitely a mouth-breathing street-level <laughs> scientist at one point in my life. Um, I was a science project. Yeah. I'll put it to you in terms like that. Um, and I'm lucky on a lot of levels. And I say it all the time. You've probably heard me say it since you've known me. Like, I'm grateful and lucky that I wasn't rich or famous or a trust fund baby. Yeah, where you just or have infinite... anything like that. Yeah, yeah because the perspective that we were talking about earlier and your frame of reference and your system of checks and balances is completely different. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, you talked about hitting your bottom. Um, and you know, my bottom was definitely very, very low, but it comes up quicker when you don't have 5 million fucking dollars in the bank. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't have high powered lawyers to get you out of trouble and you don't have friends that'll fucking take a charge for you cause they're on the payroll. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so, um, I can't imagine, you know, you, you hear all the stories about throughout everyone's life of all the, you know, the famous people that live fast and die young. Mm -hmm. And I'm eternally grateful because I definitely took myself right up to the edge without being rich or famous. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine how it would have turned out if riding around on a fucking private jet, dude, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. Oh, man. It's a different world. It's it a, different a different perspective, world. you know, and. Unfortunately, it's probably a lot harder to get back get back to reality from that. Well, know? how long did it take you to clean up? Like, what I, I remember watching a Steve-O documentary or interview or something, and he was yeah. like, he was like, I'm not clean, or he said something like, I'm just one hit away from not being sober. So he worded yeah. it in a way that was like super dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> a stuntman's way. Stuntman's of saying, way yeah. of saying it. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess that's true, and you know, like, and yeah, but that's true for everybody. But it's what true was for everybody. How, what was that process like? When when did you ever hit a moment where you're like, I'm st I'm stabilized, like I'm I'm there, I'm through the fence or whatever. Like tomorrow, does that make any? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully tomorrow. When your album no, drops. Yeah, when that album drops, man, and I finally start making some money when this podcast blows up. Uh, yeah. No, um, yeah, it was definitely a process. Um, you know, for me specifically. Uh, 
so like I kind of had like the the family parental whole intervention type thing go down. Yeah. And so when that went down, um, I was still working. Um, and so I kind of conned my way into going to work that night. Um, I was like, well, I don't want to lose my job. And when I, you know, I'll, I'll go is a whole big thing. Like I cussed everybody out and I walked out of the house and then I realized I didn't have anywhere to go. So I went back inside. It's like, all right, fine. I'll go to treatment. Like y'all, y'all fucking suck, but I guess I'll go. And, um, and so I talked my way into like being able to go to work that night. Cause I was like, well, I mean, I'm going to need a job when I get back from rehab. So I need to go in. And really I just knew if I could get to work that I could get some drugs. Right. And I wasn't going to like run away or anything like that, but I knew that that motherfucking kick that I had been pushing away, I was always pushing was away that it was coming. Like I was actually going to have to stop and I was actually going to get physically fucking ill yeah, and this was actually going to hurt, and so I can remember, and I couldn't get what I actually wanted, but I was able to get some painkillers, and I was able to get a bunch of Xanax, and I kind of, um, because I'm a scientist, <laughs> I kind of a little mix and match, little mix and match, tried to take the edge off and detox myself. Oh, really? And, yeah, um, because I knew it was coming, and like literally. I was supposed to go to treatment at a place, or there was a good chance I was going to go to treatment at a place in Arkansas. And so my parents at the time had like a little like fishing cabin thing over in Arkansas. So they like, smartly for them, they got me out of town and they took me over there and I was going to go to this place. And then kind of how it works is if it's like a state run facility or whatever, they have to have a certain amount of beds available for like the local community so as we were waiting for me to get in there the a couple beds got filled and so they didn't have enough like wiggle room so they couldn't take anybody from out of state so the whole time i'm like kicking and it's just like i mean like you're you're not detoxing yes i was able to kind of like taper myself with the Xanax that I had. Like with, shakes and all that. Oh, withdrawals. yeah. You yeah, had and the you're whole just sick yards. and basically it's it's the flu times infinity with like yeah. other shit. Like it's just – and it's like mental. It, it fucking sucks, man. It's, sure. It's, uh, I'm grateful for that though because, you know, I think if, if you heard the last podcast, I uh, talked about like the little mental kind of things that I hold on to. Like I'll never forget that period of time in my life. I'll never forget like my parents watching. Like seeing some you of that stuff. Down. Yeah. And just how like, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, so, you know, you go through stuff like that. And so then long story short, that's how I wound up down in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Cause I couldn't get the bed at that place in Arkansas. And so they knew that it probably Shipped wasn't a good there. idea to like have me in Memphis very long. Yeah. So they like found that place and they took <clears> me down there and they dropped me off. But so if you're asking for like the short term answer for me to like not feel like garbage. Yeah. Uh, probably a week, probably 10 days, you know, it's hazy. And when you got through it, did you feel like, man, this is, what was I doing? Or was it like, did you miss it? I missed it. Yeah. I was definitely, I was definitely going to like go through treatment and then get high again. Yeah. Wow. I was just going to wait. I mean, I'm telling you, that's how the shit works. Like, sure. I was just going to wait till this fucking storm blew over. Yep. And it's like, man, I'll sit down here for 30 days. I'll tell them everything they want to hear. I'll like, you know, I'll get back. I'll get back to what I was doing. Cause it's, I mean, you know, it wasn't my idea to quit and it's right. like, um, 
And somewhere along the line, like something sank in, some hope sank in, you know, and ended up staying down in Mississippi for a couple of years. Um, Cause you, like, work, you ended up working. There, yeah. Right? I ended up working at the treatment center. But then like, if you really want to, for me to answer your question, like how long it t- took me to like start feeling like myself again yeah, or start feeling normal. It took me months. Like, cause you know, I can't imagine the science of it, but like all the chemical levels probably in my entire body were completely out of whack. Sure. And so you're just like, you, it's like you slowly feel yourself coming back to life and you slowly feel your emotions coming back and you slowly, you're like in a weird way becoming human again. That's um, crazy. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess I understand what like Steve O's saying, you know, like, because literally I'm sober right now. Mm. I've been sober for 12 years. Clean, sober, however you want to say it. You're not clean. I'm not. Well, I'm, you're, dirt, you're sweating through your shirt. I'm pretty clean. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm sweaty. Um, but, like, uh, literally in five minutes, all that could change. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I guess if you want to be dramatic, if you want to make good television, you can yeah. be like, I'm just shot away, man. Well, maybe but that's like, where we're messing up. It's just a podcast. It could be man. more dramatic. We'll save the drama for when the TV show drops. DT, D- 2021, 2021, DTTV. 2021, DTTV. Why do you abbreviate your name when um, your name is man, so simple? Your name is David Todd. True. Thank you for breaking my end. David Todd. David Todd. You want to put my social security number You know what my name too? is? I have like the um, world's most difficult name. What is your McClelland? Thad McClelland. Thaddeus. David Thaddeus. John. I have two middle names. It's not difficult. It's just stupid. Too much. <laughs> Why did you pick that name? Well, I was Thaddeus. I was a kid and I had this. Uh, You're a baby, so you didn't know very much, right? And my parents grabbed my arm okay. and they said, wow. "Spin this wheel." Did they hurt you? I they softly. I don't remember. Your arm? I don't remember. Okay, I remember a light, and then I remember my. I think it was my dad. Might have been you. Grabbing my arm, they said, "Spin this wheel." Wheel had a bunch of names on it. Thaddeus came out. Yeah. David John McClelland. Huge wheel. David John Thaddeus McClelland? David, no, Thaddeus David John. You have four names? That's what I'm saying, dude. Who do you think you are, man? Uh, You know who I am. You come in here with David Todd and you got to abbreviate to D. Who called you DT or did you call yourself DT? I did not call myself DT. You called yourself DT. I did not call myself DT. Who called you DT? I don't know. Somebody. It just happened. Yeah. One of the early members of my fan club called me DT. Yeah. Uh, No, somewhere along the way, it just got abbreviated. I used to not like it. Because I feel Cause like it stands D- for Dick Target. It stands for Dick Target. It stands for Detox. It stands for Dirty uh, Tickler. That's um, a good one. There's been a lot of things that it's that's stood a good for. one. It situationally has stood for a lot of things in my life. I'm sure. Um, I used to think it sounded like really redneck though. It does. You know what I mean? It sounds yeah. like a NASCAR driver. DT. Like this is DT Smithson, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking. I like to drive fast and turn. DT's out of repair. I, I drink Dr Pepper. Yeah. And chew tobacco. You know, and like I can remember really not liking it at first. And then it's weird. It's your name. You can pick what – what do you mean you didn't like it? I don't feel like, like you can pick your nicknames. You don't like Thaddeus? I don't not like it. I guess, yeah. You don't like it. Look Thad. at your face, man. You hate it. I do hate it. It, like, scrunches up when you I'm say pissed. it. I'm pissed. You I'm pissed. I'm super – I'm pissed. What do you want your name to be? We'll change it right now. TD. No, it's got to be something – it has to mean something to you. Well, it is because it's Thaddeus David. Thad David. Oh. I'm just trying to hop on your train. I just thought you were trying to back mask I am. my name. Mm-hmm. Let's call you Rick. That's more redneck than DT. Rick? Oh, yeah, big time. Ricky? 
Ricky uh, Bobby. You know what? This is a perfect opportunity to engage the listeners. Yeah. If you would like to send in, I think you can send messages through Anchor. Um, I'll give you all Thad's phone number later yeah. in the podcast. 919-388-8000. <laughs> um, and you can, you guys can pick Thad's new name. Yeah. Are you cool with that? I'm very cool and with that. And he'll legally change it. Yes. I'm a justice of the peace, and I'm also a certified, what are those things called? Uh, certified. We were talking about it earlier. No, we weren't. Notary. I'm yes. a certified notary public. Obviously, he can notarize. I, didn't, I can notarize, so I'm pretty sure I can legally change Thad's name. You'd be a pretty sick notary, dude. I would. I would have a cool stamp, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. DT yeah. in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the that's the legend of DT. That's where it came from. The answer is, the legend is, I don't know. Cool, right? It's super cool. Um, so is there anything else? That you would like to cover. I feel like we've talked about your album. We've talked Uh about the concept behind your album. We've talked about some of the things that we kind of wanted to cover as far as it comes to, like, some of the issues in the industry, some of the issues of use in the industry. We've talked about a little bit of my shit. We've talked about a little bit of your shit. We've talked a lot of shit. Uh Uh-huh. We've talked about names. Yeah. We've talked about... All right, I've got a, I've got a deep, I've got a super deep question for you. I like it. Are you ready? Yeah. What are your thoughts and opinions on ghosts? Um, didn't believe in them. Okay. Didn't win. Up to, like, is it just just change your mind? Right now. Right now. Yeah. Okay. No. Um, I lived in Raleigh for fourteen years, North okay. Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina, home of NASCAR. Home. I don't know if that's a fact. Didn't NASCAR start in North Carolina? Charlotte? Do you see Don't. Are there actual multiple cities in North Carolina? Uh, no. I thought North Carolina It's the capital like of the United States. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a big city. It's a big trailer park. Yes. With a circle around it that they drive cars. You would love it. Okay. Have you never been to North Carolina? Actually, my parents are from North Carolina. That's a lie. It's not a lie. How have we never talked about a this? A little town called Sanford, North Carolina. Yeah. That's like 30 minutes from where I grew up. That's where my folks are from. You were my dad. I'm telling you. You're my dad. If I was your dad, your name would not be Thaddeus. And if I was your son, your name would not be DT. That's the definitive proof that I'm not your father. Do you know how bad it would be if we were real, if we were like siblings, if you were my brother? I think it would be good. You know what? You just changed my mind. I think it would be good. It would be very good. Yes. I would be on the album if I was your brother. You are, dude. I'm telling you, play it backwards. I listened to it twice, and I'm not on the album now. You got to play it backwards. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Um, Ghost, yeah. So I moved from uh, Raleigh to Wilmington. Okay. Which is, it's like 15 minutes from the beach. Okay. Right on Cape Fear River. Okay. It's historic, super historical area. They, is that the Cape Fear from the movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they filmed uh, Cape Fear there. They filmed, like, the Headless Horseman. Okay. They do a lot of filming there, actually. Huh. Um but I lived there for like seven months, eight months, something like that, okay. six months. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But uh, so basically when I took this job with this company that we're at now, okay, um, they somehow – I owned a house in Raleigh, but I was looking at this job in Wilmington, obviously, which is like two and a half hours away. I'm like, hey, here's the deal. Like even if I put my house up for sale right now, I don't have – 
place to live. Like, I don't know how this looks because they were, like, trying to get me on board now. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, well, you know, we're opening this hotel. And across the street, we're, like, managing this Airbnb thing. I'm like, okay. They're like, just take a room. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Go down, see the place a couple times. They're like, yeah, it's cool. <clears throat> Pick my room. There's six rooms in this. It's a mansion, basically. Okay. Um, and so I'm, like, moving in. Mm-hmm. And I got my box of stuff and you moved the box yeah i moved into the i moved into the box okay i go into this place and the landlord is like so is he tell you about the ghost yet i'm like oh my gosh dude come on and so like super old building she's like yeah you know there's kids kid you'll hear kid noises and people running up and down the stairs and whatever and so they're fine they're friendly and i'm like okay so i lit i I'm living there, and I'm managing the other five rooms because uh, I'm a rooms manager. Boom. Same, I can ma- all at the same time. Yeah, full circle. Full circle. At the same time I'm managing this okay. and living in one. So you jot that down. You're okay. nuts. So um, I'm, I'm starting to – I have this system where I can see who's in what room. Okay. So multiple times I knew that I was in the only – I was the only one in the building, and you would hear kids – Running up and down those damn steps. They'd be knocking on the door. Nobody there. Right. Doors opening. No one there. These doors had locks on it. The chains. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They would... There's no one in the room. The chain would lock. Like lock you in or lock you out? Out. Like there was one room that there were two girls cleaning the room. Uh-huh. Come out of the room. Call me. Hey, Thad, I can't get back in the room. I'm like, okay. Let me manage it. Right. Because it's a room. Pop quiz, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> what do you I, do? <laughs> I go to the room, and uh, they're like, yeah, it's locked. And I'm like, well, you can't lock it because it's a chain. She's like, well, the cha- it's, I don't know what to tell you. I cannot open the door more than, like, three inches. So I'm like, okay. I open the door, pops right open. I'm like, you're an idiot, right? So the landlord's like, well, that room used to be the nursery for the girls that died in this house. It's like a script to a movie. They could have been lying yeah, yeah, to me yeah, the yeah. whole time, but it worked. Right. And I'm like... So, okay, why – and he's like, she's like, honestly, it happens all the time. The girls hated the babysitter. She was a girl, and they didn't, they didn't want – they didn't like the female presence. So for whatever reason, like – They locked it out? They locked them out. That's crazy. It is crazy. Do you believe in ghosts? I do. Which ones? I do now. In Pac-Man? After that story. Right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen them. You've seen ghosts? I've seen ghosts. Talk Have you me. ever seen – it's a serial – it's called Blueberry Crunch. Yes. There's little marshmallow ghosts. Yeah. So if that's Those not are a, real? If that's not a real ghost, I don't know what is. No, I um when I was a wee lad, when I was a young DT, mm-hmm. um, I used to stay at my cousin's house. My parents traveled a good bit. Yeah. Um, they abandoned me for weeks on end and left me to my own devices. No. My parents traveled a lot and I was the youngest of four. So my older brothers and sisters were out of the house or whatever, doing their thing. So our cousins, my cousins lived a couple, or our cousins, whatever, however you say it, lived a couple doors down. So I would stay with them uh, while my parents were out of town. Mm-hmm. And they had a ghost that was like upstairs, that lived upstairs in their house. And I never saw it, but I was there a couple times when weird things like they had a big playroom yeah and literally the door there's not a breeze inside right there's right. not anything like that and the door would just 
create its own motion mm-hmm. and just slowly go over and just shut. And it's like that sucks. It's like that sucks. Okay, I'm not scared shitless right now, uh, dude. I'll, I when I was living there, I didn't yeah. sleep at all. Yeah. I did not sleep at all. I mean, it's freaky. Like, I mean, we all want to act. I feel like we all want to act tough. No, nope. But it's like, that's some scary shit. Not me, dude. That's some stuff that I don't know how to relate to in this world or in the next world or yeah. whatever. And I've seen enough movies to know that usually when ghosts come around, that shenanigans are on the way mm-hmm. and people are going to die. They're going to be sucked to like the 10th realm of hell and shit like that. Yeah. So I definitely don't want any part of it. And then the weirdest thing about all of it is at some point, I can't remember what age that I was, but they had a house fire. And the house burnt. It didn't, like, burn to the ground, but it burnt. And they rebuilt it. And after that, there was, like, never any issues That's crazy. with the ghost. And there were other so things. So I need to they burn were, I should have burned that place down. Basically, you should have burnt that place down. It's, like, the foolproof method. Arson. Dude, this house had, like, so it had, like, the original side of the house. Uh-huh. There's, like, two sides. Because, so, like, they, they film a lot in Wilmington, like I said. And they had this, like, second half of the house that they built later on. Still uh-huh. super old, but they built it later for the actors like Marilyn Monroe has stayed oh, there. Wow. Yeah. Um, but like they, they built this second half of the house cause the exit was like in an alleyway so they could sort of sneak in and out without like oh, being bothered. And then there was the front end of the house, which was like super fate front facing towards the street and like open. And so that was like the more haunted side, haunted side. So I it was the original house. Yeah. So yeah. I stayed on the not so haunted the side. Less haunted. Yeah. Marilyn Monroe side. More haunted or less haunted? <laughs> I don't know. But there was a time when my room was booked, like someone wanted that room specifically. And you had to stay on the scary side? Yeah. So I went over there and it was, dude, it was terrible. And like just from like the hearing the things and like all the stuff that goes on in your head that like you add to it. Yeah. It was like, it was terrifying. Sure. So I was there for like three nights. I didn't sleep at all. Yeah. And there's actually a song on the album full loop called ghost yeah because this shit all the way dude i was i was in that room and i swear i was like there's something in here i just feel it like it's just here yeah and then i sort of tied it in with like the drugs and the like kind of the relationship stuff where it's like i just want it to leave me alone i want the drugs to leave me alone i want the to relationships to leave me alone yeah i want it i want everyone who sucks who pisses me i just go away just go just leave me alone but yeah. you're a ghost and you're here and you're bothering me and that was like yeah full circle so write Damn, that down that's pretty cool yeah tied it up with the bow. i tied it up what are your thoughts i have an intense fascination with bigfoot yeah i don't know and aliens aliens this dude the universe you're okay same with the ocean for me okay Every year we find something new about the ocean, right? Right. Like we don't know what's down there still. I think aliens live in the ocean. Could. The bottom. I don't know. The universe is way too big for just us to live here. Right. Do I think aliens are here? I don't know, man. I, dude, I love... I'll eat it up all day long. Yeah. All day long. Do you watch... Do you watch a, a factual documentary called Ancient Aliens? <laughs> On the History Channel? Yeah. <laughs> There's science on never, that show. I've never seen that show. These people that are testifying about the truth and the reality of aliens. Do you believe in aliens? Are actual scientists. I believe in science. Oh my gosh. Dude, don't give me that answer. I do believe in aliens. Do you have an alien tattoo? Uh, You've got to. It's actually bad when you don't have an know. alien tattoo. It takes me a minute. I feel like people are surprised. How many tattoos do you think you have? Um, 
more than five. I would, they kinda s- like, I would say yes. They kind of weave in and out of a lot of things. Yeah. So I don't, I don't guess I've ever really counted. I would say maybe, let's go five, probably between 20 and 30. It's a lot. It's a lot. I go hard. You do. Go hard in the paint. So um, you think you think aliens are real? I do think aliens are real. I've, I tend to agree with what you're saying. Um, it's a very vast universe. I don't, I don't know if I can get on board with Bigfoot. I think that Bigfoot is somehow an alien. He's a so he knows, like he's associated with the aliens. Do you think there's, there's just... a lot of correlation between Bigfoot sightings and alien sightings? Like spaceships, like space and I'm not I'm not saying Big... You're sober now. I'm sober now. Wow. I I I didn't really see the world for what it was until you sobered until up until <laughs> I I honed my third eye and I got sober and I started seeing through some of these lies. That do you believe the in like government <laughs> tries to perpetuate on? Do you us? believe in like the rocks and stuff? Like the, the rock, like the wrestler. Yes, I do believe. Dwayne that. Johnson. <laughs> I believe. Do you believe in like the healing rocks and all Crystals? that? She legit and all that. No, dude. Are you sure? Do I think that someone's gonna have a better day because they have a crystal in their pocket? That is what I'm asking you. The answer is no. But. But, I feel like it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Prophecy? Prophes- prophecy. My mouth is super you need a, dry. You need a grammar rock. Um, dude, write that shit down. Yeah. We're going to make some money. We'll be selling grammar rocks in a couple of weeks to all of our faithful listeners out yes. there. Um, but I do feel that if you having that crystal in your pocket makes you feel better about your day, <laughs> that you're probably going to have a better day. So maybe I'll walk my answer back and like, who am I to say? Shut up! Is it the you crystal? <laughs> is it the crystal that's making you have a better day, or is it the is comfort? It brain, that, man. Or is it the brain, dude? You know what I mean? Yeah. No. But the result is the same. The result is the same because all of those gems and, and I know stones a lot of girls that carry repel your friends. I don't, don't want to <laughs> piss them off because there's a lot. Oh, of, there's a lot of hot girls out there that carry crystals around, man, and I don't want them to feel alienated. Yeah. Because I'm a safe place. You are a safe place. For all beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. So do you think there's one Bigfoot or it's all? I think there's multiple Bigfoots. Big okay. feet, if you will. I will. And um, actually one of my favorite shout out to my other podcast homies is there's a podcast called the Sasquatch Chronicles. <laughs> and it's fucking amazing, dude. And, you know, um, <clears throat> I think our planet also into the universe, parlay into the oceans. I think there's a lot of things that can exist out there that we don't know about. I think that when you live in a city or when you live in an area, it feels like every bit of the world is inhabited and there's just people everywhere. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you get out into some of these, like, the middle of the country or you get out into the Rockies or some places like that, and there's vast areas of just wilderness where there's not a lot of people, there's not a lot of shit going on. So I think it's reasonable to surmise that... Something could be living out there, right? But you listen to this podcast, and like whether they're lying or whether they're not, I can't say. But they literally like these people are like military, like highly decorated. They don't sound like yahoos, they yeah. don't sound like they're on fucking drugs. And they tell these stories. There was like this ranger that told, like, you know, Green Beret Ranger, like that type shit. Yeah. Not a park ranger. And he was telling or a power st- ranger or a power ranger, which I would listen if a power ranger told me Bigfoot was real. 
that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But he was like telling this story about being on this squad that like tracked a Bigfoot and it like ripped his buddy's arms off. And just like, I'm telling you, man, if it's a lie, it's like the best story I've ever heard. It's probably a lie. I don't know, man. Some guy's arms got ripped and then, off. And so it's like, you know, and I so... I think this is that James Franco movie where they're hiking, he's hiking in the thing in the desert. Pineapple Express? Yes. Oh, 27, <laughs> 27 hours? hours? Yeah. yeah, same movie. He cuts his basically. arm off. It's pretty much the same movie. It's a yeah. sequel, right? Or a prequel? I thought so. 27 Hours is a prequel to Pineapple Express, I'm pretty sure. All James Franco's, this is like... It's like inter- the Marvel Universe. This is the internet <laughs> secret that I'm going to let everybody in on. All James Franco's movies are connected by an underlying storyline, an arc, and a lineage. Written and by Seth Rogen. Written by Seth Rogen, and we have only begun to see what the arc of this story is and all the enlightenment that James Franco and Seth Rogen have for us in the future. Do you want to know another fact? I love facts. 100% of people are not listening to us anymore. Yeah, they're done. They they're definitely turned it off. <sighs> Let's see. Did my phone die? That'd no, be okay, awesome. sweet. My phone didn't die. Um, I think my friend Thad has a point, though. <laughs> I think I think we've rambled enough. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. Hopefully, this has been entertaining, informative, or insightful on some level. We've definitely had fun doing it. We definitely appreciate our. Yeah, we'll have to do I it again. definitely appreciate my listeners. <laughs> no, um, we appreciate all you guys' time. Um, because, you know, like I said, this is what I want it to be. I want this podcast to be a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, it's going to be what it's, it's going to be about whatever it's about. Um, uh, but whatever it's going to be about, it's going to, I'm going to try to keep it transparent. I'm going to try to keep it fun and hopefully on some level it resonates with somebody out there. So stay tuned. Thank you, Thad, for your time. Um, thank you, Arrive, for letting us use the poker room. Because we decided it was going to be pretty cold in my car. So yeah, um, this is a new technological front for the old Lost in the Sauce. We're actually indoors. A nude technological front. Nude technological nude. front. Nude. nude. Yep. No pants. Yeah. Um, so thanks for you guys' time. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be pretty – I'm going to be staying pretty frosty. I'm going to be trying to keep the content coming. Um you guys have a good holiday. Uh, definitely won't see you or hear from – you won't hear from me again before the holiday. Tell them to follow me. Um, yeah. Hey, you know, and actually that's um, – Thad makes beats too. Yeah. Is his IG handle. Valid Point is the – I guess it's – Valid Point Music. Valid Point Music is, is the group. Is it a group? Is it a band? Kind of a group. Is it an act? It's, it's a group. It's a facade. Super group. Yeah. Um, it's a figurehead. Uh, Valid Point Music. The album is – RX. Yeah. I'm having trouble saying that. I'm going to get That one hurt my heart a little bit. The album art is super dope. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, And I believe 50,000 plays on Spotify. um, Let's check the ticker. Let's check the ticker. Pull this ticker up real quick. 46,000. 46,623 plays on Spotify. So if that many people are down with it, you guys are missing the boat. So get down before you get left behind by Valid Point Music. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good uh, have a good night. We'll see you when we see you. Bye.